pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. We do have the championship games coming up on Sunday here on 94.1. Brought to you by Flight by Yingling. Going to be a great Sunday of football. Two what should be great championship games. Yeah, they really should be. I can't wait for it. It, it, it ought to be a lot of fun. And, uh, man, I still don't know who I'm going to take. Uh, Maybe John McClain can help. Yeah, John, I mean, you think about this uh, Sunday, the two games. I, I think there's a um, who do you think's going to win and who do you want to win, and those can be two different answers as the great John McClain joined us on a Friday on the Buyers Barricades guest line. John, what are you thinking about this Sunday's championship games? I'm thinking that um, I think Baltimore is the best team in the NFL. They won nine games by at least 14 points against teams with winning records. That is unbelievable. Two of them were the Texans. And um, while it's hard to ever bet against the Chiefs and what they did going into Buffalo and winning, but barely, uh, it was some bad decisions by Andy Reid as well as Sean McDermott. And uh, you don't see John Harbaugh make decisions like that. You don't see... Kyle Shanahan have game management or clock issues like that. So I'm going with Baltimore at home, league's leading rushing game, running game, fewest points allowed in the NFL, and number one in sacks and turnovers. They got it going on. Mike McDaniel, their 36-year-old defensive coordinator, who was with them a long time, then went to Michigan one season as defensive coordinator in 21, obviously recommended by John to his brother Jim, and then he came back to the uh, Ravens to replace Wing Martindale as a coordinator, and he's been great. I mean, he, he's been outstanding, and he doesn't have great players on his defense, but they play great in every area, and I'm surprised that people haven't waited to interview him because he's got star written all over him with only two jobs left, so I'm going with the Ravens. In the AFC and then in the NFC, I, I like the 49ers because I've known Kyle Shanahan a long time. I want him to win his first Super Bowl. They've got a lot of former Texans people on his staff. But if the Lions were to win, it'd be an incredible story because one playoff victory since 1957, everybody loves Dan Campbell, native Texan, born Clifton, 10, miles, 10 minutes outside Waco, Grew up in Glen Rose, 45 minutes from Waco, and then goes to College Station. It'd be an unbelievable story, one for the ages.
Yeah, no doubt. I think the the entire country has turned into Lions fans, John. I mean, everybody would yes. love to see yes. that. I mean, it's just a sentimental pick this year. Um, it, it, I just think both of these games are going to be good. And, and, and I'm with you. I think Baltimore's a great team, but man... Patrick Mahomes is just a magician and somehow, some way just seems to get it done. And I tell you, it's, that's what has me thinking about Kansas City. Well, I think a lot of people are, including Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac said he met uh, Patrick Mahomes at the Kentucky Derby two years ago after Mac had bet on Cincinnati against the Chiefs. And he told him, man, you cost me a lot of money. And Mom said, don't ever bet against me. <laughs> and Mahomes has been, you know, Mahomes is, I think about Houston hasn't been to a championship, championship game since 1979, and the Chiefs are in it for six years in a row. Every year, Mahomes has been a starter. Now, of course, just getting there is not enough for them. But uh, he proved in Buffalo that he could win on the road, and uh, it was a tremendous job. They ran the ball well. They played great defense. They can go in there and beat Baltimore, but, man, I think Baltimore, if Lamar Jackson plays against the Chiefs, running and passing the way he played against the Texans, they're going to be unbeatable. The great John McClain joining us here on The Blitz, covers Houston Sports at SportsRadio610.com and does the Utopia podcast. You you. You talk about the uh, run of AFC championship game appearances that Kansas City is on. San Francisco on a similar run. Which team this weekend of, of the four playing is facing the most pressure to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl? Well, I think Baltimore is not on Kansas City because Kansas City's won multiple Super Bowls. Detroit, you know, if Detroit loses, it's not going to be a surprise. It'd be San Francisco or Baltimore, and I say Baltimore because Lamar Jackson just won his second playoff game and his first divisional playoff game. They're hosting the AFC Championship game for the first time since the Colts in 1971. And so Lamar Jackson's paid like an all-time great quarterback, but if you want to be recognized that way, you got to win Super Bowls. And I think it's important for him. Brock Purdy's not considered a great quarterback yet. It's more of the system. I saw a very interesting stat today. Uh, we all know how great the 49ers are with yak, yards after the catch. Detroit had the fifth most missed tackles in the NFL, which doesn't seem ideal when you're going up against the 49ers. Jared Goff's rating at home, 104, road 87. But he's played in Levi Stadium a lot, and he's played in the Super Bowl. He's played in the NFC championship game so he shouldn't be the, the moment shouldn't be too big for him no doubt I, I worry about that Detroit secondary they've had their issues but you know I, I I'm gonna pull for him that's for sure John I gotta ask you a, a Texans question because going into the season this year the Texans signed a bunch of guys to one-year contracts what are they going to do with some of those guys? Will, will this look like a different team next year, or do you think some of the guys that signed those one-year deals will be back? Since Nick Casario took over as GM in January of 2021, this was his third season here, the only player he assigned to a contract of more than two years was punter Cam Johnston, and he's been worth it. 
And right now, they have 36 players whose contracts are going to expire in March, including their snapper, their kicker, and their punter, who's also the holder. So players like running back David Singletary, their leading rusher, tight end Dalton Schultz, really the second-best receiver after Tank Dell went down to Nico Collins. Uh, Sheldon Rankins played really well at defensive tackle. they got a lot of guys who are up. Obviously, they're not going to bring back all of them. I'm going to write a column about that next week, about who they may want to keep and what it may take. But uh, no, In fact, I have a column up today on sportsradio610.com about the by far the most important thing to address in the offseason is a running game. They were 6-1 and one when they ran for 100 yards. 3-0 and oh when Devin Singletary ran for 100 yards. They were 6-1 and one when they ran 30 times, and they've got to improve it. And whether they started 11 offensive linemen, I'll tell you an amazing stat. I saw a tweet today from a friend of mine covers the Cardinals, said the Cardinals had only 11 players start 17 games. Cowboys had 28, 49ers 26. I looked up the Texans, they had one. Wow, right guard wow. Shaq Mason was the only one who started 17 games because of Injuries, and they started 11 offensive linemen, and the two starters, the center and the left guard, went down for the season in preseason. So they've got to fix the running game because when you're playing a first-place schedule of the Chiefs and the Ravens and the and you're playing the Lions and the Bills, playing the Dolphins, plus you're playing two good teams in the AFC South, you better be able to run the ball. And that's one reason out of these final four teams, they all can run the ball. It's amazing that you know yeah. running backs were you know afterthoughts for so many, but it's certainly there. And they do have the Cowboys next year, John. Uh, John McClain joining us here on the Blitz. It, you you think about the coaching carousel. Twenty five percent of the NFL jobs were open. Two are still um, you know left to be filled: Seattle and Washington. Bill Belichick not getting a job this hiring cycle. Does that surprise you? Jason, I was talking about really good teams when I was counting off all those things. <laughs> I know. Uh, put team. it on a tee for you. Here we go. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do. I've seen your oh, first sorry, pitch. No, I know you need a tee. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about the Cowboys. I'm still hoping they'll put that game on Thanksgiving. Uh, Belichick. You know, Bill's 71. He's had total control of everything. The Falcons were the only interview. Rich McKay's the president. Former general manager won a Super Bowl with the Bucks. He didn't want Belichick coming in there and taking over. The general manager, Terry Fontenot, is in, about to go into his fourth year. He didn't want uh, Belichick coming in there and taking over. And if you look at Belichick, you have to wonder, okay, he's a great defensive coach. But Tom Brady, it was the Brady way, not the Patriot way. And look what's happened recently. Do we want him in charge of personnel, or do we want to keep our general manager? Will he eat up our general manager? I think people were worried about that. And the Brady factor, I think, played a huge role in the fact that other teams didn't at least interview him. You know, it's funny how good players make good coaches, right? I mean, and that's that's true. And we. We've been talking about that when it comes to Greg Popovich here in San Antonio. He hasn't done a whole heck of a lot since Tim Duncan left. So, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting when you say that. But 
we've been talking about Bill Belichick not being the same guy for a long, long time, and I think you know maybe sometimes it's just time to go enjoy life. People are talking about him going off TV, and there's odds about which network Amazon's number one. I just don't see Bill Belichick <laughs> when he's guys made twenty million a year. He loves to sell. He loves. He's got a place in Nantucket. He's got places all over. And uh, the place I thought would have been perfect is Washington because he grew up in Annapolis and he loves the military and he loves history, but they just are not interested. And and so I hope if, if Bill was on TV and he'd let us see the real Bill Belichick that others see behind the scenes, he'd be terrific. People would be, wow, wow, I never saw that while he was coaching. But I, I just don't see him doing that. And Think about it in Atlanta. You interview Bill Belichick, and you take Raheem Morris, who's fired uh, his first head coaching job, you take him over Bill Belichick. And, and uh, you know, they have their reasons of doing that. You know, Seattle hasn't talked to him. Pete Carroll can't get a feeler. He's one of, what, three coaches who's won a national championship in a Super Bowl, and he wants to keep coaching. But nobody's interviewing him. He's a year older than Belichick at 72, but he – he acts like he's 42 because he's in such great shape and enthusiastic. And I feel bad for him, but the end comes for everybody. Well, you know, and you, what I find interesting, this hiring cycle, and I know Harbaugh is 60, but kind of like Pete Carroll, he doesn't look or act his age, right? Uh, but like with Canales getting the job in uh, uh, Carolina, you, you know, it just seems like there is a focus on going younger. Is that... I want to say a knock on older coaches, but is it more about I need a head coach that's more relatable to today's NFL player? Could be. You know, there's a lot of people that have problems doing that. Some don't relate at all. And a lot of it depends on who your quarterback is. If you look at the Hall of Fame, every Hall of Fame coach, except one who I can recall off the top of my head, had a great quarterback. And the one was Joe Gibbs, won three Super Bowls with three quarterbacks, You'd never mention her name in Hall of Fame in the same sentence. And that's just the way it is. So if you got a great quarterback and uh, could, if there's talk that Andy Reid may retire, I don't think he will. I don't know. But if he did, would they continue to win with Patrick Mahomes? Probably. And so it's so important to get that position solidified and, and have everybody on the same page pulling in the same direction for the betterment of the team and the organization as opposed to the Cowboys. I can't believe all that BS that's on social media about Dak Prescott. Yeah, get Dak out of there. Then who are they going to get? People just need somebody else to be mad at. Yes, they do. And that's preposterous. Dak is an MVP candidate. He played great. They had a bad game. It's happened before. may happen next time. And, all those people talked about Mike McCarthy getting fired, Bill Belichick coming in there to work with Jerry. <laughs> yeah, Maybe right. this time next year, that'll happen. I don't know about that. Look, I love you, John, but Dak Prescott, eight years, you got to win in the playoffs, man. And I just think that's why Cowboy fans are a little bit upset with that guy. A little bit? I mean, it's true, John. I mean, he's a great regular season quarterback. Playoff Prescott is awful. It's okay to be upset with your quarterback, but if you get rid of him, who are you going to get? Well, they got Trey Lance, oh, John. Stop. Stop. 
Stop. They got Trey Lance. Why'd they bring <laughs> him in there? I, I got to put up with this four hours a day, John. <laughs> Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Rush. Four and one last, right last there. season. Yes. Yeah. They go That's out a and great get, winning percentage. Like Kirk Cousins is available. Playoff Prescott. Andy Same Dalton. Dude. Andy you can Dalton. get Andy. <laughs> they had Marcus him. Mariota. You could get him. <laughs> Speaking of that, John, real quick, Mike Vrabel, why do you think he didn't get hired somewhere, or at least it appears that he's not going to? Uh, he's had a couple of interviews. Sometimes people think that if you have an interview and you don't get hired, that they've rejected you. Sometimes people decide they don't want to go to that place. I don't know if that's what happened. Seattle's still open. They've interviewed Mike. I can't remember if Washington has. Washington's supposed to be waiting on Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. And I remember when the Texans interviewed Ben Johnson last year, they raved about him. And he said, I need another year as a coordinator like D'Amico Lions did, like Kevin O'Connell did, and I think he's ready to go to Washington, and they'll draft a quarterback, and it'll be a terrific move, and then it'll be all about Seattle, where they are, Dan Quinn, which might be just more of Pete Carroll. Do they want to bring in Dan Quinn, who spent, what, six years there? It might be more of the same, just like the Patriots. Do they want more of the same? Or as Gerard Mayo told them, I will not be doing the Patriot way. It's going to be interesting to see. John, the most important question of the day that I have for you. It it involves the uh, love-hate relationship between the city of Houston and the Tennessee Titans (laughs) and the use of the Euler logo. I noticed when Callahan arrived in Nashville on the Titans private plane, you know, as they open the door and the family comes out and then he comes out, that the Oiler Derek logo is on the Tennessee Titans team plane. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I guess because Amy Adams Strunk grew up with the Oilers and the Oilers, everything involving the Oilers belongs to the Titans. And uh, she's very proud of it. Plus, it's just pretty damn good looking. It, it really is. is. But with Houston changing their uniforms coming up, we're speculating maybe a little bit more of the old powder blue. I just look at that and I thought she just can't let it go. Every time, every chance she gets, it's a middle finger to Houston Texans. Fans. I love it. They don't give a rat, you know what, in Nashville <laughs> about fans in Houston. And I hope someday, like the Astros and Rangers, the rivalry will be so intense they hate each other because of what they do on the field and not because of what the wear or what the middle uh, the logo looks like or the end zones. But I love that color. And by the way, Jason, it's not powder blue. It's Columbia blue. Columbia blue, yeah. Same thing. Or as Bud called it, Columbian blue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he had this, when the Astrodome was expanded and he had a news conference and he kept calling Columbia blue Columbian. And I said, do those seats come with cocaine under them? <laughs> and he looked at me like, what in the world are you talking about? Colombian blue and white, if you know what I mean. It is Houston. Yep. <laughs> John, have a great weekend, my yeah. friend. Guys, thank you very much. I look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely. The great John McClain uh, on the Buyer's Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond.